Amen and amen. Let's welcome Pastor Barb, our pastor. And good morning, everybody. Just give Jesus a praise wherever you're at. Give him a shout. If you're in your car, nobody's going to care. Just shout anyway. Amen. I am so blessed to come into your home today. And I tell you what, I have to be really honest. I want to have an honest moment right here. Um, I feel like Peter in the Bible, when he would, or Paul, excuse me, when he would write to the Philippine church and the Ephesians church, and he say in his, in his letters, he say, I wish that I could be with you, but I can't because God has me somewhere else. Or he'd say, I long to be with you. And I can understand for the first time what he's saying because he missed his people. He missed his church family, and he longed to be with them. And that is how I feel right now, and I am sure there are many of you that are feeling the same way, that we miss each other so much. And I am longing for the day that we get to be together and worship together again. But in the meantime, God's a great big God, amen? God is still on the throne. God's not wringing his hands. His word is still yes, and it is, shout it out, amen, amen? God's word is established for Ever. And so uh, the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be teaching on a little series I put together called We Are the Church. And I thought this was so important right now while we're in quarantine and we're in separation from each other that we get our faith built up and we get excited about what God is doing. You know, right now the world is on pause, right? Everything is slowed down, but I'm here to tell you today, God is not on pause. Amen. God is still moving. His power is still great. His anointing is still real. And his word is life changing. And so while we're still away from each other, I want to build your faith up and get you ready. Because when we come back together, when, when the doors are open, I believe something so special is going to happen in the church of God all over the world. That we're going to value coming together and worshiping the Lord. And so I'm going to take this week in part one, and I'm going to talk about being faith-filled, and I want to build up your faith today. I want to build up your expectation because how many know we serve a great big God, and God has many powerful miracles and signs and wonders that he wants to perform, but we have to have our faith built. We've got to build up our word of God on the inside of us so that we can come into alignment with the miracles that God wants, amen? And what I want to encourage you today is this, is God will start with one, God wants to build your faith, say my faith. See, sometimes when we're sitting in a church setting, we can kind of be like, well, that's for them, but not really for me. But I want to encourage you today that God wants to build your faith. Because when God can build your faith, he will build the church's faith together. Amen? It starts with us. And we have this opportunity that we are set apart to take this time to get in the word of God right? Take this time to get into worship. Put on worship music. I know we've been enjoying the outdoors and we're doing this and that, but I want to challenge you in the next few weeks, however time we're going to be apart, take this time to allow the faith of God to be ignited on the inside of your heart. Because when God builds your faith, he builds our faith together. Amen. And there's something powerful, listen, that happens when your faith is built and we come together in unity. Now you've got the working power of the Holy Spirit that nothing can stop the church of Jesus Christ when we are in one mind and in one faith. So God's turning everything around for good and for his glory. Amen. So I want this message to stir you today. I want you to ignite something on the inside of you that you're going to take a step of faith 
that maybe you haven't been taking for a long time or maybe through this time of discouragement you've grown weary. But I want your faith to become so big that you'll look back at this moment of this season that we're living in as the church and go, man, it was that time. It was that moment that God did something inside of me so significant that it changed what happened two months from now, right? It changed that miracle in my marriage or in my children because something happened in my faith now and the transformation is going to take place down the road, amen? So what are we? I want to share as believers of Christ, what are we as Christians? Number one, we are faith-filled and we are big thinkers, we are faith-filled. We've got the Word of God full on the inside of us, and God has given us a mind to think great and mighty things. Think signs, wonders, and miracles. Think people being saved, healed, and delivered. Think people giving their life to Jesus Christ. God wants our faith to be so big. Amen? And the second thing is we will never insult God with small thinking or safe living. I forgot to tell you this at the beginning, but I would love for you to lean in and be really intentional right now. Get your notebooks out. Get a pen and paper. If you can, if the kids aren't driving you crazy or whatever, I want you to take down these notes because over this week, this can be your devotional. Amen. We're not here just to give you all pumped up. I'm here to get the word in you to really transform you. So we are faith-filled believers. Amen. And we will never insult God with small thinking or safe living. Amen. Why? Because we serve a God of faith. We serve a God of miracles. We serve a God of signs and wonders, right? The manifestation of the power of God. This is what I want you to do individually and as a church. We want to seek God for the impossible. What are you facing today that seems impossible? God has the answer. We want to believe God for miracles in our life. Amen. And we want to dream, what? To do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could think dream, or imagine. That is the God that we serve. What you are believing, God, God's like, I'm going to blow your mind if you'll get your faith ignited in the one that can change and transform your life. Amen? This is how we need to believe. I want more of God in my life. I want more faith in my life. I want more of the miraculous. I want more of, of that thing in God that's going to ignite this miraculous power in my life. Not only in my life individually, but now we want God to work through our church. Amen? When we come back together, we want to reach the harvest for Jesus Christ for the glory of God. And then guess what? We want to have this faith ignited to reach the generations after us to know who God is. And if we are igniting our faith right now, your children will ignite their faith and their children and their children. And we're creating a generations of the church that's going to have mind-blowing, right, faith to do the miraculous move of God that I believe is coming to our nation. I'm going to share with you this morning two stories about Jesus. And um, it's the same kind of stories, but two different scenarios. And in these two stories, the Bible says that Jesus was amazed. He was amazed in two different ways, though, and I want to show you this in Scripture today. In the first story I'm going to share with you is about Jesus, and he was in his own hometown, and uh, he was beginning to teach, and people looked at Jesus, and they said, oh, he's just the son of the carpenter. He's just Joseph's boy, right? And they were offended, like, how dare Jesus try to teach us something? But what happened is Jesus became familiar in his own town. See, as believers, we've got to be so careful that we're not familiar with God. 
that we're not familiar with this word, oh, I've read that scripture, oh, I worship God this way. Well, we're definitely worshiping God different right now, but we can be so comfortable. This has been my relationship with God, and it's in this cute little box. And what happens is when you become familiar, listen, wherever there's familiar, there's no faith. So I just want you to write that down. Wherever you're familiar in your walk with God, there's no faith. And that's what happened in Mark chapter 4. It says this, Jesus could do no miracles there. Listen to that. Jesus could do no miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and healed them. You can see the scripture verse on your screen. He healed them. And verse 6 says this what? He was amazed at their lack of faith. Wow, I want you to look at this for just a minute. That word amazed means blown away. He was shocked. He was stunned by their lack of faith right? Their lack of trusting God. They didn't believe that he had the power to do what he said he could do. See, when you are so familiar, your faith is so low. Jesus is stunned when we're not trusting him. Jesus is shocked when we're not trusting the power of his word and his anointing to set people free, to share the gospel without fear, to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. When our faith is so low, God's like, I can't believe you don't trust me. I can't believe that you don't trust my word. They didn't believe he had the power to do what he said he could do. The second story I want to share with you is about the centurion. And maybe you've heard this story before, but the centurion's servant girl had passed away, and he loved this young girl, and so he heard about Jesus. Now, remember, the centurions were persecutors of the Jews. And now the centurion is going to a group of Jews, one being Jesus, saying, will you heal my servant? And so he sent his people and asked Jesus, will you heal my, come and heal my servant and healer of, of the sickness? Well, when they were on their way, the little girl passed away. And the centurion sent word and he said, listen, don't bother coming to my house. He said, don't send Jesus to my house yet. He said, if you'll just say the word, Jesus my servant will be healed. Just say the word. And look what Jesus said to him in Luke 7, verse 9. When Jesus heard this, he was, say the word, amazed at him. There's that same word. Jesus was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd, following, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Whoa, look at the difference here. You've got Jesus amazed two times. But he was amazed at, one, their lack of faith, and the second one, he was amazed at the great faith. I want to ask you a question this morning. If Jesus was to look into your faith level, let's say our faith level, because I'm even asking the Lord to challenge my faith. If Jesus was to look into your faith level today, the things that you're attempting to do for the glory of God and for the kingdom of God, right? Things that you're believing for God to do. Let me ask you this question. Would he be amazed at how big your faith is? Or how amazed at your lack of faith, right? Would he be amazed at how big your faith is or amazed at your lack of faith? That's a great question to wrestle with, isn't it? It's a great question this morning. And I want to ask you honestly as you're wrestling with that, and this isn't to condemn us, this is to challenge us. Is your faith level down here or is it up where God's doing great and mighty things? I'm going to ask you to be honest this morning. It's just you. You're just in your home, so nobody's watching but what is your level of faith today from 1 to 10? 1 being the least and 10 being the grace. Let's be honest. Let's just look over last week or two weeks. Let's just look back maybe the last two weeks. In that time frame, what great big step of faith did you take? 
What great big faith prayer did you ask God for? Was it bold and was it daring, right? Was it something that only God could do? The thing that you're believing God for, can only God do it and you're believing God for that? Then, man, your faith level is up here. But if we're looking at the last two weeks and we've been wringing our hands and we've been overwhelmed and and just our faith is so low, we're not speaking life and we're not speaking the word of God, then our faith level is probably so much lower. And what does God want to do? God wants to bridge that gap. Amen. God wants you to get your faith level up there. Let me ask you this question. And when when I was talking to the Lord this week, I was like, oh, God, this is really speaking to my heart. In the last week, let's just say, in your prayer life, let me ask you this. If God answered every prayer that you prayed last week, okay, it's too late. Whatever was prayed last week, right, no condemnation. We're going to pray today and this week. But this is the question. Everything that you prayed last week and God would say today, yes, it's done. Here's your answer immediately. Yes, yes, yes. Healing, deliverance, salvation, right? Job is safe and secure. If what you prayed last week was to have the yes right now, what would our life look like? What would our, what would our prayer life look like? And that's what you have to understand. When you pray in faith believing, God's answer, yes, is down the road. That's what faith is. So when you're praying this week, when God speaks to you to maybe share the gospel with someone, maybe pick up the phone and have a conversation of your testimony or just that God, uh, God put you on my heart. I want to call and pray with you. Is that okay? That may be scary because we don't know the outcome. We don't know what's going to happen. But by faith, I believe that what God's asking me to do, he's going to fulfill it in Jesus' name. That's what faith-filled prayers is all about. If people were praying and believing in faith, there'd be marriages restored. Amen? There'd be people giving their lives to Jesus. There'd be people healed and delivered. Why? Because the church, we are the church would not be stuck in our four little walls, but we'd be being the church on the outside of these walls, praying for people, right, of blessing people, and allowing the power of God to move through us even when we are afraid. I want you to remember, God is not on pause. God is still working. Amen. God wants to heal people still. God wants to deliver people. God wants to give people hope. And listen, Jesus is the answer. Somebody say amen. Jesus is the answer, and we have Jesus living on the inside of us. What kind of prayers are we going to pray this week? Let's pray some powerful, only God can answer kind of prayers. Amen. I know there's prayers, Lord, bless my food in Jesus' name, and that's awesome. You know, protect my coming and my going, and that's awesome. There are these little prayers that we pray, and we should be praying them, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the kind of prayers that, God, I need you to hem my job in. Amen. I need you to make sure that I have favor that I'm not going to lose my job. I don't know the outcome, but my faith is saying, God, I'm going to trust you. I am protected from this virus, right? No disease or pestilence shall come nigh my dwelling. That's my faith. I'm digging down deep. I don't know what tomorrow looks like, but I know God is here right now working on my behalf. Amen. What would be different in your world if God answered the prayers that you believed in faith? Amen. Listen, I believe this with all of my heart. I believe God is calling his church, not just faith builders, but his church to faith-filled 
heart and prayer. God wants his church to be full of faith to believe him for the miraculous. And now is the time to develop that. We have more time now than we've ever had because everything's had to slow down. So let's get the word of God. Let's get worship in our home. Amen. Let's take this time to be prepared for what God is about to do. Amen. Because I believe when the Holy Spirit comes in a way, in a special way, the church needs to have their running shoes on and we need to be ready to do what God's called us to do. So let me give you three things very quickly this morning. Number one, you cannot play it safe and please God. So you might say, ouch, that doesn't sound very nice. You cannot play it safe and please God. But I'm here to tell you that is not Barb Pruitt saying that to you. That is the word of God. And it says in Hebrews 11:6, and without faith, it is impossible, everybody say impossible, to please God. See, that wasn't me being mean to you. That's the word of God. Why? Because God is moved by our faith. God is not moved by our emotions, and I wish he was because I have lots of them. But I'm going to tell you what moves God is our faith faith. Amen. Without faith, it's impossible to move the hand of God. The rest of that verse says, though, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. So we're going to get our faith ignited. And what I want you to understand this morning about faith, and we can get this confused, is that sometimes I think when we're talking about being in faith, that there's this emotion of like, I feel super spiritual every day, right? I've got my my faith cap cap on and cape on and, and my, you know, my super hero face and I love Jesus and I feel his anointing every day and I feel in power with faith and I want to encourage you today to understand something faith is messy it's messy and just because you have a certain emotion in the moment does not mean you've bowed your knee to faith and you need to understand that you can keep your faith activated in front of you even though the emotions want to go up and down. Let me give you um, an example. I know some days, you know, God may speak to me, you know, God says to do this. One day I'm like, yeah, God told me to do this. And then a couple days later when I'm looking at the circumstances, you're going, oh, I don't know if God really, did God really tell me that, that what, he, what he wanted me to do, right? We can get in the way. Why? Because we don't understand the outcome. We don't know what it's going to look like. God's asking me to do this, but I don't know what the answer is. And wouldn't it be easier to follow God if I just knew the outcome? Like I could overcome any, any obstacles, but if I knew the answer, well, we do know the answer, but we have to walk by faith, right? So let me give you this example uh, that I could relate to. When I was a youth pastor, I uh, took all the kids to youth camp. And there was this awesome zip line that went, I don't remember how long, but I've, I had never been on a zip line and I wanted to do one so bad. So I let all the teenagers go up before me and, and these rickety little boards, literally they're like these rickety boards and they were nailed to the, this tree. And they kind of went all the way up. And so, and then you get on this platform and you zip line across the camp. So anyway, I'm watching these kids go up and they're little bitty kids, you know, and they're looking back. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm so afraid. And I'm like, you got this. You're fine. There's nothing to be afraid of. Go, go. And I'm cheering them on one by one. You got this. There's nothing to be afraid of. And then it was my turn. And I went last, of course, and here all these teenagers are watching their spirit-filled, faith-guiding pastor, right? And as soon as I got up, like, I started, I started climbing. I'm like, ooh, that, that, that one kind of moved a little bit. That scared me. I'm no kidding. I got halfway up, if that, and I was paralyzed in fear. I mean, just like, 
Nobody saw, but I had tears. I was so afraid. And I'm like, here I am telling these kids, you got that. Go, go, go. But when I was put in the situation and I looked down and it was far down and those boards were rickety, I was gripped with fear. And it was every step I had to say, God, thank you that you're with me. And I knew that I had to do it for the kids. Like I had to show them that I can't just cheer them on. I had to do it too. And so every step was terrifying. And they didn't know that. They're like, yeah, you know, taking pictures. But every, I'm gripped with fear. It paralyzed me for a minute. And I caught my breath and I kept climbing. Well, I finally got to the platform and then I looked down. I was gripped with fear. And there was this young little boy up there, looked about 12, right? He's up there and he harnesses me and he said, listen, you ha- we're going to pull you back and you got to take a jump leap, take a running jump leap, and then the rope will catch you eventually. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so terrifying to me. And I just knew that if I didn't just do it right away, that I would never do it. And so I took that flying leap. And I'm telling you, everything within me was terrified. And I just jumped. I screamed in fear, screamed in fear. But as soon as it caught that, that, that uh, rope and it slung me across this field, I was screaming and rejoicing. My endorphins were going everywhere. I was so excited. And I was like, I can't wait to do that again. And that's how faith is. Sometimes you just got to take, God, I'm scared. I don't know where you're going to show up. If I pray for that person, are they going to get healed? If I share my faith with them, will they give their life to Jesus? Or are they going to reject me and persecute me? God's not asking you to know the end of the story. He's telling you, take the jump, the leap of faith. Amen. Maybe you need to write a book. Maybe as I was praying, even over this lesson, I felt like there's some people who need to repair relationships. It's time to get those relationships repaired. If God is speaking to you and he's troubling your heart, make it right. Humble yourselves. Now is the time. And they may reject you. You don't know the outcome. But all God's asking you to do is take that leap of faith and trust him. Amen. Let me say this, and I want you to write it down. Never let the fear of failure talk you out of the act of faith. Never let the fear of failure talk you out of the act of faith. Amen. Number two, really quickly, because I'm going to run out of time. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. Wouldn't it be good to have that guarantee? I would love to know the outcome. But when God's calling you, he's just asking you to trust him. Hebrews 11.1 says this, faith is the confidence that what we hope for, my faith, faith is my confidence that what I'm hoping for will will actually happen. That's where our faith is. I don't know the outcome, but I'm going to trust God. My faith is that it will happen. It gives us the assurance about the things we cannot see. Amen. Those things that you can't see, that's what God is asking you to walk in faith by. And my team is telling me to wrap it up. And I don't want to wrap it up because our time goes by so quickly. But let me say this. You can have faith. Listen, you can have faith or you can have control. But you can't have both. You can have control and have everything safe and everything you feel secure and comfortable. Or faith is uncomfortable. You know you have faith when you're scared to death, when you're taking that leap and you wonder, is God going to meet me on the other side of that thing? You don't know because he's an unseen God, but that's what takes faith. I'm going to take this leap no matter what. And my church family knows this. Listen, God will not give you sometimes one and two. He won't show up till number three. He'll just give you the assignment and he'll say, do it by faith. And when I inherited this church, I inherited it scared. (laughs) And I wondered, is anybody going to show up? Are people going to be faithful? What are they going to think about me? Are they going to ridicule me? But I did it scared. 
and we got one, and then God gave me two, and guess what? We have a flourishing church, and then God began to reveal, and God began to show he was faithful, and God shared that he showed us he was on the scene, but sometimes God's saying, I need you to do things afraid. Listen, you can have faith, or you can have control, but you can't do both, amen? I'm going to have to pass on number three, but I want to I share with you the big God that we serve is this. God gave us a big assignment. He didn't give us a small one. He said, go into all the world and preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God gave us an assignment that takes big faith to win this world for Jesus. There are millions of people that need to be touched by the power of God. Amen. So I want to give everyone the opportunity right now to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And this may be new to you, and this may be something that God's just drawing you back to him, and that's okay. And I know God's presence is right where you're at. I know his anointing is right where he's at because we've been praying for you. We've been praying for this moment right now that you would feel the love of God. And God's love draws us to repentance. That's the love of God. Not condemnation. God doesn't make you feel worse about yourself. He makes you feel better. Why? Because I know I need a Savior who paid it all for me. And all I have to do is receive the free gift of salvation. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you'll be saved. And we're going to make this salvation prayer in just a minute, but you're going to need discipleship. You're going to need mentorship. You're going to need a community. So we want to make sure that you fill out that get connected texting, whatever Pastor Paul was talking about. Find a way to get connected to the local church because you need us and we need you. But I want you to say this prayer with me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me of all of my sins. I need you to come into my heart. Wash me white as snow. Give me hope, give me joy, and give me peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. You know what the Bible says? That as soon as you said that prayer, all of heaven stopped and celebrated you. All the angels in heaven sang glory, glory, glory to the Lord God Almighty because you gave your heart to Jesus, and we want to celebrate with you. So get connected to us. Now listen, church, if you're at your home, stand up. We're going to close with a celebration song today. We want to rejoice for what God has done and what he's doing to activate our faith. Amen. I love you so much, and let's celebrate the Lord together.
Cause your time is up Well I'm gonna live like a stone is gone as believers to change this world. Thank you, Father God, for that faith. Thank you that that faith begins to rise up in our hearts, rise up in our minds. I thank you for your presence in the, this place and every place that we are touching right now, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen and amen. I just got a couple more things really quick. Connect with us. You can do this through your phone. Uh, you can send us a text message. Just text get connected 313131. That's get connected 313131. And, and, and just let us know what's going on in your world. Let us know how God is touching your heart. Let us know that you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I also want to encourage all of you out there to like and to share this live stream with everyone you know. You've got the measure of faith to do it. Now just do it by faith. I also want to encourage you, if you do have victory stories, on our website we also have a, 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 a page there dedicated so that you can share what Christ 
is doing in your life, in your community, and in your household. Without further ado, I just want to leave you and bless you that the Lord God, as I just extend my faith to you, will keep you, will bless you. The Lord will make his face shine upon you. He will give you the peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This is our year of miracles. Please tune in Wednesday at 7 o'clock. We'll have our midweek service then as well. Otherwise, God bless you all.